Welcome to today's podcast, Security Appreciation, the Next Evolution of Security Awareness Training. Most security awareness training either overwhelms people or puts them on edge. Humans are an interdependent species, which requires we trust one another, and security goes against those core beliefs. As a result, employees often don't care about security or think it's unnecessary. With a better understanding of why it benefits them as individuals, employees are much more open to the how to be secure at work and can start to appreciate the value security provides. Uh, I'm Rain CMO Greg Radner, and today I'll be interviewing best-selling author Robert Siciliano, CEO of Safer.me, and the architect of the CSI Protection Certification, a cyber social and identity personal protection security awareness training program. Robert discusses how to transform your employees' awareness to behavior-changing appreciation and take advantage of the full benefits of being secure. The CSI Protection Threat Ready Cyber Awareness Training promotes proactive strategies to enhance security and protection and prepare your staff for over 30 threat vectors. Instruction and training covers the latest best practices and client-centered approaches to prevent cybercrime, identity theft, and social media intrusions and instill in participants cyber-safe habits so that they and your company don't become the next cyber victim. Robert, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. We, um, we are constantly hearing from our clients and our members that cyber security uh, is the biggest issue that they're dealing with today. Um, but I'm very interested to hear a little bit from you about your take on things. But let's start off with uh, something that we talked about in the opening here is why employees and consumers don't care about security. Yeah, well, what, what it boils down to is, um, you know, security fundamentally goes against our core beliefs. You know, think about it. Security is about not trusting people, okay? And, and you, know, you mentioned that we are an interdependent species, which means we depend on each other for survival, you know, for community. Uh, we get up, you know, get out of bed every day expecting to trust everybody that we meet. We're not expecting someone to twist the truth in order to scam or con us. Uh, and when you think about simple stuff like getting in a car every day and driving down the road doing, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour, and there's somebody, you know, hurtling in the other direction towards you, basically, you know, separated by a, a double yellow line painted on the ground, you just have to trust that they're not going to, you know, head-on collision you. Uh, and that, that uh, trust, essentially, is what makes people think that they don't really want or need security, that it's, you know, one of those things that doesn't happen to me, it only happens to other people, and we essentially function in a state of denial. Got it. So you talked about driving a car. Uh, I think we met, we talked about this offline, but sort of your seatbelt analogy, why why that kind of is, uh, is, sums up everything about the roadblocks to security. Well, think about seatbelts. You know, I am uh, 51 years old, which is 1968 when I was born. The federal government required seatbelts be installed in American-made cars in 1968. They've been around since the 50s. But it's only been over the past 15, 20 years that most Americans are now wearing their seatbelts. Why? Because of regulation. Most states now require that you wear a seatbelt. Otherwise, they're going to ticket or fine you. And it's really only through things like regulation or continuing constant, constant awareness, right, that makes you realize that, you know, tens of thousands of people die every year from getting into car accidents. But here we require regulation in order to make people wear seatbelts. But when it comes to security awareness training, like not clicking the link in the body of an email, you know, people still do it because 
they don't really think that it's gonna happen to them. They don't wanna think it's gonna happen to them. I did a presentation yesterday and I asked how many people wear seatbelts and not everybody raised their hand, you know, cause they don't, they're not in the habit of it. They don't think it's gonna happen to them. You know, they don't care. And even that, you know, some people, you know, 15, 20 years ago were carrying their babies in the front seat of cars. It wasn't that long ago. And it's not cool to not wear the seatbelt today. It's just not cool. But uh, you still see people not doing it. And I think it's not cool to click the link in the body of the email if you don't know where it's going. Well, I'm a little bit older, so I remember riding the back seat of the station wagon with no seatbelt facing the wrong, facing the back way. Yeah. So, with my, the window my, open. My father cut them out of the car. What the hell do you need these things for? <laughs> right. You know? Good. All right. So we hear this from clients, too, about... The difference between safety and security. They, those terms get used interchangeably. There's a little confusion on that. Set the, set the record straight. What, what the difference is there? Well, of course, you know, defining safety is, you know, accident prevention. It's uh, hard, hard hats. It's steel toe boots. It's eyeglass protection. It's ladder safety, right? It's life safety, okay? But when you search for the word security, it's always revolving around digital security. And rarely do you see security uh, attached to personal security. And personal security is violence and theft prevention. That's personal security. I think that there should be more of a, a of more dialogue revolving around safety and security as it pertains to life security. Because people will care more about digital security if they understand personal security. And so as you weave those words in, it brings to mind protecting your family from violence and thieves, you know, regarding personal security. So and keep the safety aspect in there because it's life safety. Yeah, I think that it's a mindset, right? It's thinking about it. You know, we talked a little bit about this in our prep for this uh, this meeting. Was the difference between head-based security training and heart-based security training? Tell our audience a little bit more. Yeah. About so, that. you know, my premise, uh, you know, everything that we do revolves around security appreciation. A lack of security appreciation fundamentally contributes to poor security awareness, most notably at the personnel level. People simply don't appreciate security. Therefore, when it comes to security awareness, they don't really care. You know, they don't understand the value that security actually provides you. Now, security awareness, of course, is you are aware, right, that you should lock the doors to your home. You're aware that it's probably a good idea to have a home security system. Uh, but you may not actually have a home security system, even though there are 2 million homes that are burglarized every single year. That's 20 million homes in the next decade. That being said, if you knew that 20 million houses are going to be burglarized in the next you know, 10 years, you'd be more appreciative of the value that that home security system would provide you. Therefore, you may change your behavior. And what we do is, what I do is provide all these fundamental examples of, of how security will increase the value and the quality of your life beyond just don't do this, do this, don't do this. Appreciate uh, how it can improve your well-being in life, in safety and security. I think it's an interesting approach because a lot of the training we see is a little bit of scare tactics, trying to make people a little bit paranoid about around every corner there's something you have to be careful about. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you, and you said the, the magic word, paranoid. And here's the thing, what actually is paranoia? Like, define it, like what is paranoia? Worried about something that may not happen. Well, paranoia is fundamentally, <laughs> it's mental illness. Okay, we are associating 
security with mental illness. Think about how backwards that is. That's so wrong. It's so fundamentally wrong in so many levels. How can we possibly teach people to appreciate security if we're telling them you need to be mentally ill in order to protect your network? That's so wrong. Therefore, we need to change the, the, the how we use language. Words matter. And being paranoid to not click a link is, is, is fear-based. Somebody who is paranoid is diseased. We and, and paranoia is all about being out of control. Security is about being in control. We need to change the dynamic. We need to rid security of all the cultural myths that are being you know perpetrated as we provide security awareness training. All right, my notes uh, here, Robert, say that. Uh, you have an answer to this question, why P.T. Barnum was wrong about a sucker being born every minute. I'm intrigued to hear your answer on this. Yeah, you know, um, there is no patch for human gullibility, as they say, right? Uh, P.T. Barnum saying that there's a sucker born every minute. You know, th there are many more people born in the course of a minute worldwide. And I believe that every single one of us is a walking sucker. Every one of us. That there isn't a person alive that isn't born a sucker. That said... Uh, it's a matter of what are your trigger points? What are your pressure points? You know, how might that bad guy socially engineer you, convince you in order to click that link, in order to uh, provide that sensitive information over the phone, in order to bamboozle you? All of us. I mean, if you've ever bought a timeshare, you've been suckered, right? I mean, I bought a timeshare. I know. Right? My timeshare can be bought for 99 cents on eBay today, right? And that lady that I bought it from, she lied to me. Every single question I asked her, she gave me the answer that I wanted to hear, right? And, and, that's, and that's how it works. Like, bad guys understand that we fundamentally require truth. We, fi we fundamentally require trust. And all they do, their entire motivation, their MO, is just to take the truth and twist it just a little bit, just a little bit, enough that... We will believe the majority of what they have to say, maybe slightly cynical, but there's enough information there for us to go on. Therefore, we, you know, we bite. We get hooked. Uh, and if you recognize and realize that every single person walking can be suckered, you included, you know, me and you, everybody, then you are in a much better position to say, yes, in fact, it can happen to me. And I really do need to be aware. I do need better control. It's not about being paranoid again. It's about recognizing risk at all levels. And once you adopt this understanding that, you know, wearing the seatbelt is not about being paranoid. It's about being in control. You know, looking at every single email that comes in and every single phone call that comes in isn't about being paranoid. It's about understanding and recognizing risk at all levels. It's about lending a, a more of a cynical an aware mindset regards to anything and everything that you do all day, every day, and you will be that much more ahead of the game. So it, instead of being pinned, we run into a lot of uh, security folks that are in this uh, state of denial in some way, in some cases. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. Um, but you're saying you got to be aware of it. You got to expect it. All the time. You know, Benjamin Franklin once said that to be safe is to never be secure. It seems kind of contradictive, but what that means is if you want to be safe, if you want to be secure, then you always need to be on your toes. 
You know, it's 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 a bit like having your head on a swivel, but that doesn't mean that you, that, that there's any fear involved there. It's just paying attention. It's being aware. It's situational awareness, which boils down to personal security. You know, when when you are out and about, you know, look at if you and I were to get in a plane today and get dropped off in the middle of Kabul, right? Our awareness would be peaked, heightened awareness of our physical environment immediately. It's an unfamiliar situation. It is uh, an environment that we are accustomed to hearing that there is, you know, people getting killed all the time, bombings and so forth. And so we would want to know at any given point in time, you know, what's going on around the perimeter of our, of our body, situational awareness. That level of situational awareness in our own personal and physical lives in our, in our everyday environment becomes dullened due to the fact that you know, nothing's happened in, in so many years, we just kind of are on autopilot. But when it comes to digital security, you cannot be on autopilot for two seconds because there is an anonymous hacker looking for you all day, every day. And it's just a matter of time until he gets to you. And so what we've seen then, those, a lot of the security professionals that think that it's not gonna happen to them just don't understand security. Or, or want to understand security. Look at the majority of the population, all they wanna do is you know get through their day at work, Right? Pick the kids up after school, take them to soccer, get dinner on, on the table, and chill out for a couple of hours after dinner watching Dancing with the Stars. Okay, That does not increase our security posture at all. But it's necessary. All of that is necessary. But if you just lend a little more focus, a little more attention to appreciating the, the, the value that security provides you, you have a much better chance of thwarting all the various attacks that come your way, no matter what they are. You know, security, as we know, is all about layers of protection. The more layers you incorporate, the more secure you're going to be. If you do nothing, right, then you're completely vulnerable. You are the low-hanging fruit. If you do all these basic things, and I'm going to use home security as another example, right? You have the home security system. Well, in and of itself, that home security system is a really good thing. You know, all the layers of protection that it has internally. The sign on the outside makes you that much more secure because it gives the bad guy more awareness that that's not the house that they want to choose. Now, if you're the house, the only house on the block that has a sign out front, you're more secure than the other houses there. And so if your employees have a certain level of awareness and appreciate the value in which that type of training provides them and know of all the different things to look out for, and you're providing that to them on a, on a frequent, entertaining, uh, interesting basis, right? They are that much more secure than the company next door that's not providing that level of training and the way in which you're doing it that increases their appreciation of it. Great point. And you kind of want that uh, good housekeeping seal of approval that you've gone through the training, right? And stamped that right on your website in some cases. <laughs> it's the analogy of putting that sign in your yard. And today, you know, you see companies like Microsoft, even Twitter, they're incorporating security and privacy into their brand. You know, they're talking about it more and more because they recognize that people are a little freaked out and they want to make sure that their money's safe, their data's safe. And I'm seeing more and more organizations incorporating privacy and security into how they promote their businesses. You know, that's, that's a, a marketing axiom more and more today. And I think that's a really good thing. Look at, we saw Dashlane do a, a Super Bowl commercial. I got chills when I saw that commercial because finally people are waking up and realizing that this is something that we need. You know, you've got millions of people that are using one, two, three, four, five, six as a password right now. 
And that is absolutely unacceptable. And even when I'm speaking to CIOs, CISOs, you know, IT professionals, they're not incorporating the fundamentals of personal security into their own lives, like getting a credit freeze. A credit freeze. Most people in this podcast probably won't even know what a credit freeze actually is. And that is the most fundamental thing that you use to protect your identity, to protect your spouse's identity, your parents' identity, and your kids' identity. And how can you, as an IT professional, not incorporate this fundamental aspect of personal security into your life and expect that all your people are going to be properly protected, right? And that they're going to be aware and appreciate the value that security provides you. You at the top in a leadership role need to show that one, two, three, four, five, six as a CEO is not an okay password, right? And that you are doing all the necessary things as an example of what security actually is. Well, we got y'all worked up about the top down. Yeah, don't get me started. I know. It's, it's all good. It's all good. So let's turn this to the training component because that's what people really want to know. Okay, what can we do to get our employees? It's a top down message, so you got to walk the walk, like just like you had just talked about. But what, where does the existing security awareness training, where does that fall flat today? So there's been amazing strides in phishing simulation training. You know, it's gone from essentially shaming people, look what you did, to, okay, look what you did, and going forward, this is what you need to look out for, be aware of, and not do, and do, and so forth. And all that's really good, okay? And, and I applaud all of that. You know, the, a lot of the pioneers in, in, in this industry um, have made great strides and have effectively, you know, to a certain degree, reduced risk, right? But it's not enough, obviously. You know, with 20 billion plus records stolen in the past four or five years alone, right? It tells you that the problem is getting worse, it's not getting any better. So I think we kind of need to back up a little bit. And I think it involves, it really involves a personal touch. I find that when you engage employees in a manner in which you allow them to actually ask an expert all the different things that they've been wanting to know their entire lives regarding security, right, in, in regards to the bad guy and how they operate, physical security at home, protecting their own identities, how to use a password manager, you know, like all the stuff that involves protecting your spouse, protecting your kids, protecting your belongings, just, you know, just to get through the day stuff, backing up a little bit, going back to the fundamentals. I think that that will really help people to understand that when they're actually engaged in efficient simulation training, that like all of this digital stuff that's in front of them, which to them is like burdensome and overwhelming. And even though that in some cases there may be some gamification involved, still like it's just a little beyond what they want to do or care to do. You got to go back and affect them emotionally. And phishing simulation training doesn't do that. You know, I do that, right? People like me or, or others that provide awareness training that affects people's behavior in a way where emotionally they're involved and they can engage and ask every single question that they've had their entire life. I, I, I equate um, security awareness training to a certain degree uh, with talking to a 13-year-old um, about the birds and the bees. Now a 13-year-old these days knows a lot more than I did when I was 13. But even then, when you talk to a 13-year-old, like they think they know, 
what's going on. They, they, they've had like some kind of experience, in quotes, with you know sex to a certain degree, and maybe seeing a video here and there, talking to their friends, but they don't really know what's going on until you actually sit down as an experienced adult and explain to them, this is really how it works. You know, there really is no stork involved here, you know, the, dispelling all the various myths. And security awareness training is just like that. I speak to adults about this topic all day, every day. And you would be amazed at what they don't know. And as IT professionals, you would be amazed at what your people don't know. They know as much as your 13-year-old does about sex. Interesting analogy. Um, but I think the point there is that it can be overwhelming for people who are non-technical. Which most aren't. Most, most, most aren't. Digital literacy is, is poor in this country. Too much information, overwhelming. You're asking them to take on too much. Yeah. Right? So your approach is let's change behaviors and tie it to something they are more familiar with. Get back to the basics. So, so tell me a little bit more about some of the things that you use in your training. So in the course of, say, you know, um, an hour and a half or three hours or even a full day, right, um, we'll, touch, so we'll, 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 we'll touch upon everything from personal security as it relates to violence prevention, right? Um, you know, what the bad guy's motivation is, how they choose and select their victims, right? That, like that's such a simple thing. And most people have never even taken a self-defense class. So we, we speak to that. And then that evolves over time. You know, we'll, we'll get to the digital aspect of, of basically our lives in general. You know, uh, the devices that we have in our, in our palms all day long updates to software, updates to operating systems. Like these were all fundamental things that people don't want to deal with. Every time there's a pop-up for your antivirus or to update your software, people just shut that stuff down because it's, 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 a, it's a distraction, it's inconvenient to them. But that is so unbelievably important to the bigger picture, right? And then beyond that, you know, social media, online reputation management, what's okay to say, what's not okay to say, and just recognizing that Social as it is today is only 10, 15 years old. Understanding how Cambridge Analytica did what they did in the disinformation campaigns and how that is a huge part of how we're conducting ourselves every day. And while social media and online reputation management isn't necessarily security, it's, it's what we're, so many millions of us are doing on a moment-to-moment -moment basis and the addictive qualities of it, right? But that is a huge component of digital literacy. And when they, when they back up and go, whoa, you know, I've only been involved in this digital stuff now for 10, 15, 20 years, and I have no idea what I'm doing. My 13-year-old knows, knows more than I do. And so when you begin to explain the bigger picture to them, they take a step back and they go, I really do need to do my homework here. It's not okay that I've just been kind of hurtling through and only utilizing my devices and my software only to the degree that I need to. I need to understand, or until I want to, I need to understand how these devices affect my overall life, how security affects my overall life, how what I post and like and share affects my overall life. Like, give them a much bigger picture as to you know, what's going on here and why I need to pay more attention. And, and Dancing with the Stars can wait another week, you know? It, it matters, and it matters right now. 20 billion plus records stolen in the past four, five years. It's getting worse, it's not getting any better. And I keep hearing over and over again, hackers are getting more sophisticated. 
No, they're just a little bit more organized. We're just not getting any smarter. Uh, Robert, some of these um, conversations that you're encouraging could be uncomfortable. Yeah, and uh, and so how do you how do you get people to, to engage? Yeah, I, I I think that that's actually the most important aspect of security awareness training, because it's it's when we are uncomfortable that we're on the edge of our seats, that we are like, what is he going to say next? Like, what what are they going to throw at me now? You know, that's when people are paying attention. I have uncomfortable conversations with my daughters all the time. I talk to them on a level in regards to their personal security, violence prevention, um, like no other parent does. Occasionally, I get a little bit graphic, right? But it's more about just uh, tapping them in a way emotionally that gets them to pay attention to what I have to say, and I provide them example after example of why. And it's those uncomfortable conversations that ultimately get people's attention and facilitates a change in behavior. And if you do this throughout your life with, you know, whether it's talking about finances and, you know, if you don't do this now coming to retirement, you know, you're going to be working the checkout line at the, you know, bagging groceries, or it's your daughter when she's going off to college and uncomfortable conversations about too much alcohol and what that can turn into, or uncomfortable conversations about your identity being compromised or your data being stolen. Like just, it's, it's getting inside people's heads in a way that security awareness training does not, but security appreciation absolutely does. Awesome. Robert, good stuff. Thank you for joining us today. My guest has been Robert Siciliano, CEO of Safer.me. Robert, if they want, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what should they do? So S-A-F-R, right, Safer, S-A-F-R dot M-E. Uh, get in touch, uh, subscribe to my newsletter, send me off an email, pick up the phone and call me. I am always accessible, 24-7-365. Uh, I am here for you. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If you like this content and want more, go to www.rainnetwork.com backslash join to become a RAIN member. RAIN members get exclusive access to webinars, podcasts, the daily risk book email digest, expert content, and more. So go to www.rainnetwork.com backslash join to become a RAIN member today.